from the Netfront Presence, I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined once again by our beat reporters, Jim Thomas, back from sunny SoCal, Tom Timmerman, and uh, guys, Never it's, anywhere. it's about to get real, uh, JT, uh, you know, the, the schedule has been heavily loaded with the, uh, the, the bottom teams in the West Division, at least uh, as it's shaped up so far, but boy, that second half of the schedule, as readers of the Post-Dispatch and STL.com uh, know, Nothing but trouble, starting with this uh, two-game set with Vegas. Yeah, 21 of the 30, either Vegas, Colorado, or Minnesota. And who knows what to expect from Minnesota. It's it's so bizarre that we haven't seen him. You're, you're playing all these teams eight times, and here we are, uh, mid-March, almost the one-year anniversary of when everything shut down, and we have not seen the Minnesota Wild, except, of course, maybe on TV a little bit, but uh, – and not till March the 25th. So, yeah, it's the uh, the hour of reckoning, uh, I guess, or the uh, last two months of reckoning, I, I, I guess you'd call it. And uh, we'll see what our boys are up to. And the, the one thing they got going for them is that you, they're still in a division with the Kings and the Ducks and the Sharks. Uh, and that uh, that that helps uh, that helps things out uh, a little bit just because um, those teams will have a tough time catching you. So uh, if you can keep the coyotes in back of you, you're uh, the blues are in good shape, but uh, uh, that's the one thing, but uh, buying for position within the division will be, uh, will be tougher. So one bit of good news for, there hasn't been, it hasn't, there's not been much good news for the blues on the injury front, but uh, JT uh, as, uh, as expected, uh, number 91 made his return uh, during the West coast trip. And uh, it was all smiles out there made a nice place, a nice play to earn his first assist trying to get his feet going again, trying to get his feel for the game. And, um, well, you know, just two games, uh, Jim, but so far so good for Vladimir Tarasenko. You, you notice him out there. In, in the bubble, I, I got to say, and it was four games. I, I didn't really notice him out there, but you, you notice him out there. I know we're all looking when he well, maybe a little more intently when he's, uh, when he's on the ice, but uh, he, he looks pretty good. And they're, they're not tiptoeing in with him. He's getting about his, uh, his, his normal career playing time, his career average. 1737 in these two games, 1735. So uh, Craig Berube didn't say, Vlad, he just tiptoe in the shallow water. You know, he just pushed him right, right into the, uh, into the deep end, but he doesn't seem shy about contact. He's throwing a hit every now and then. So uh, right on the first power play. So encouraging for, for two games, I would say. Not to be the stick in the mud here, but I, 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 Oh, here we go. Here we go. No, I just want to say that, 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 um, I, you know, temper ones and do that. I mean, so you, you know, you see guys get called up from the minors and their first couple of games, oh, they're going great guns. And then all of a sudden the, the adrenaline dies down. I mean, this is a guy who hasn't played much over the past was 14 months. And so he's, you know, in a few, in a few days, who knows when, uh, there may be a wall that gets hit and then it's a slower climb, uh, back up. But, uh, yeah, you know, so far from what we've seen is like, okay, it's, there was fear. How well would he do when he came back? Would he be the same? Vladimir Tarasenko. It looks like he can be that, uh, though. There's there has to be concerned about his um, about you know the shoulder long term. But I think we're just going to see ups and downs here along the way. But the the good news, JT, in a sense, um, you know, they don't need him to be. Uh, it'd be nice if he was the old ninety one. That'd be awesome. That's that's unrealistic. But at this point, he just has to be better than their 
15th best forward or the 17th best forward because they've got to run out of players. So he's just got to be better than a Utica Comet right now. <laughs> so the bar, what you're telling me, is just a little above Sam Annis. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, somewhere right around there. And it's and he, by the way, is a, it's a low bar because Sam's like four feet tall. So yeah, they've uh, they uh, they they've got some short uh, Utica players. You know, uh, Nathan Walker, not exactly uh, you know a skyscraper himself, but uh, and they've scored. You know, there there have been some ups and downs, but last year, this year, they've they've scored just fine uh, without him. Uh, they were like three one six last year, three point one six goals a game, their highest uh, per game average since ninety four ninety five. Uh, back when I was covering the the uh, Los Angeles Rams moved to St. Louis. That's how long ago that was. And and they're right about at that 3-1-5, 3-1-2 this year. But, uh, boy, just to have that threat back, Ryan O'Reilly put it pretty well, uh, uh, saying teams are still kind of afraid of him. They, they, they have to respect him. Now, maybe in 20 games from now, as a stick in the mud might say, that uh, <laughs> they might uh, – no, they might say, ah, he doesn't have the old shot. He doesn't have it. We, we don't have to pay that much attention to him. But right now they have to. And O'Reilly said that's uh, that's creating space. Yeah, and I give, can't uh, challenge any of that. You know, it'll be fun to see uh, when he gets that, when that first goal comes. Uh, I'm sure that will be a, a load off of uh, his mind here uh, going forward and uh, probably a load off of everyone's mind when that, uh, when that finally happens to see uh, – to see 91 putting the puck in the net. Another thing the, uh, the blues do need is to, they need everybody that they can get back. And the, the next guy up uh, would appear to be Oscar Sundquist. Uh, there, there's some hope that that was just a, a short term deal, but boy, his uh, again, with all the injuries and with the heavy reliance on guys who, uh, you know, were expecting to be in Utica, they need him. They need him back. And, playing an important role in the top nine and, uh, and doing the warrior thing. And at least it looks like that was trending toward that, um, that he would be back sooner than later, Jim. Yeah. He came on the ice for the morning skate Monday in San Jose. He was ready to go, but I, I look up the line rush of the drills and there's no Oscar. Someone must've said, Oscar, get, get, no, not, not, not today. Uh, so yeah. And he's such a handy guy. He, he does so much for them. Even recently, Somewhat surprisingly, you know, playing that net front, we, we, we should copyright that name, net front, <laughs> playing that net front on the power play, you know, to, with, with good effect. But he, he, obviously he's a great penalty killer. We, uh, you know, uh, if there's a game where he's not kind of limping off after blocking a shot or getting crushed into the board, it's, it's almost not like a normal game. It's like, what, what, what's going on here? Of course, he, 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 he got a little stick to the somewhere in the midsection, the butt of a stick. And I think that's what did this. I don't know exactly uh, what it is, but uh, uh, Craig Berube sounded uh, uh, pretty optimistic. And as we know, uh, on a lot of things, Craig Berube isn't an optimistic <laughs> man. He's more of a realist. But yeah, he sounded pretty optimistic that he'd be back for Vegas. So that'll help because uh, the Blues are officially out of centers. <laughs> That they are. And it, just to, to think, was we if we roll the clock back on the way back machine, you know, Oscar Sundquist was, you know, they had so many players. He was on the fourth line at the start of the season. They could put him down there, not in the very first game, but in the second game he was there. And and that was and that made that fourth line the unit that it was. And now all of us, you know, gradually, because of injuries, he got promoted. And now, as we've said many times, what do you do when you don't have Oscar Sundquist? I mean, 
you know, a couple of years ago, last year, I mean, when he was out of the lineup, the team was a different team and did not play as well. And they got him back last season and went on a big winning streak. Um, so he, he, in his own Oscar Sundquist way, is uh, indispensable. And though, when you look at the numbers, is he a guy that doesn't get protected in the expansion draft uh, next year um, because of, you know, the, the other forwards they have to, they have to protect. He could be a guy, you know, how would the blues feel about leaving Oscar Sundquist unprotected? Ah, uh, yes. We've that's come up once or twice in our various uh, chats on STL today, get.com as all the fans are playing along with Doug Armstrong on that. Uh, JT, there's been a, uh, one of the positive developments. And again, uh, to, to go back to the stick in the mug, uh, stick in the mud's comments about guys that tend to hit a wall when they come up from the A, this is true. But the, the Blues found a guy they had no idea, really, um, from the Ohio State University, who looks yeah. like he could be at least another Mackenzie McEachern type if he continues to develop his game. Yeah, what, what a surprise uh, uh, Dakota Joshua has been. Well, uh, speaking of not being on the radar, just, uh, just yesterday, Tom and I were trying to figure out if he was, was he even invited to training camp. And we figured out that he was, didn't we, Tom? Is that what I think we did? did. Yeah. That yeah. Seemed yeah. Final but uh, he he's on the radar, and okay, only five games, uh, and and but but he's he's you know only not even ten minutes a game, but he's playing pretty well. He's a smart player. He's winning faceoffs. My my gosh, he's winning like almost seventy percent of his faceoffs. Not not that he's taking them anywhere at a rate like uh, Ryan O'Reilly, but uh, he almost scored another goal the other night. It was a great chance in 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 front of the net. So uh, that's another, you have to wonder, uh, you know, Della Rose is probably, if you're talking, when will these players be back? He's, he's probably the next one back maybe in a couple of weeks. And uh, do you, uh, do you just keep Joshua in there? I, I think maybe I keep Joshua in there. Certainly the way he's played. And, and we talked about this, that, you know, Austin Pagansky had been the kind of the next forward in line. And obviously they need a center now. But uh, Dakota Joshua much, you know, is, has earned um, the look. And it certainly it helps when you score a goal in your first game because it gets people's attention. But he just has been a consistent uh, good guy there. Um, interesting. This is on a totally nothing to do with hockey fact. You know, we have North Dakota and South Dakota. Is that if you go back to when those states were being formed, South Dakota wanted to be just Dakota. They just wanted to claim that name for themselves. And North Dakota was going to have to find another name. And so they considered Lincoln or they considered Pembina. But uh, finally they decided um, that Dakota had a brand name to it that made it, that it was like a value to Dakota. And so they insisted that, that both of the states, because they were dividing up the Dakota territory, share the name Dakota. And now we have a hockey player named Dakota. You know that only because you listen to Netfront Presence <laughs> featuring Tom Timmerman. Uh, you know, we have to ask him how he got the name Dakota. We, we've, we've only talked to him a couple of times, but we have to ask him about that. You know, he's got a brother named Jagger, mm-hmm. Mitch Jagger, Mick Jagger, Mitch, Mick Jagger. I don't know. He's got a brother named Jagger. Yeah. And apparently though, uh, as a TV crew uh, sniffed out that, uh, the, the uh, mom, not a, uh, not at all a Rolling Stones fan. So that was not. The oh, okay. So, there we go. So yeah, if you get into more conversation, we'll definitely have to get to the bottom of that now. You know, but look, here's a young man that can do, if he can win a face-off, he's got a chance to play in the NHL. That's a skill set. If you can do that and they need a guy in the fourth line and you're willing to do all the other stuff, um, then you're, uh, 
you're uh, advancing the puck, protecting the puck in the offensive zone, extending a cycle, uh, driving the net, you know, just applying, uh, using your wheels to apply forecheck pressure, all that stuff. I mean, it's, he doesn't have to do a lot of things to stay in the league as a fourth liner. If he can win draws and he can skate and he can figure out the whole cycle thing. It's not a long list of things. It's hard work, but boy, that faceoff is a, is a, is a golden ticket for a young forward. You're just trying to find a spot. And the, uh, the strange thing about it is he, he uh, wasn't even playing center at, at Utica. He was a, uh, he was a winger. Now he played, he played center at, uh, at Ohio state, but uh, he's uh, mainly been a, you know, maybe a little bit of center, but he's mainly been a winger in the, uh, in the American, as they say. Yep. I mean, he, he could be, I, I don't know if he's another hockey bow heart, but, uh, but you know, uh, who knows? It's, he, it's, he has been a good find for the blues who we didn't think was going to figure in this team at all. He was not, on you know my list of you know depth guys we were going to see, I uh, thought you would see. I thought we would see Sam Annis before we saw um, uh, uh, we saw Dakota Joshua. But here we are, um, and it's a you know they, I don't know that the Blues figured this was what they were going to get when they got him, but uh, he's 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 been pretty valuable so far. All right, another guy. And this is just for Jim because yeah, he's actually. Uh, He's held up okay as uh, Nathan Walker. I mean, uh, the, the Aussie. Uh, Na- Na- yeah. Nathan's yeah. held up. And, you know, he's getting a run. This may be the only time in his life that he gets an extended, another NHL run, given the circumstances. Uh, he may get one. He may be here for a while, given all the injuries. And so far, so good. Yeah. Uh, and he looks a little better. He, he, he looked uh, just a tad. And, and, and Tom did make a good point. You, you do run on adrenaline for two, three games. And, I think last time up after those two, three games, uh, uh, he looked, uh, you know, the game looked a little big for him, but not this time. I, I think he's a poor man's, uh, maybe a poor, poor man's Jane Schwartz and that he's small. He's, you know, he skates real well. He's not, but he's, but he, he he's got that uh, big man's complex. He plays like a big man. He'll, he'll, uh, he'll try to bump you in the corners. He'll, he'll go in front of the net and, uh, uh, he, he, he does all of that. And, uh, uh, I, we, we've even seen him the, these last couple of games, San Jose and, and, and LA, all of a sudden he's popped up on the, uh, uh, on the uh, uh, penalty kill. I'm, I'm looking down there. I'm like, Oh, is that McEachern? You know, 28. No, it's 26. It's little Nathan Walker. And uh, you know, he scored the one goal. He, he's almost had a couple other goals. I'm wondering though, fellas, uh, if Sunquist is back, this does Walker get bumped out of the lineup? Does you know if they, they because you simply because you need a center on that fourth line and it's it's to, uh, you know it's Dakota Joshua. Yeah, and then well, it was the question would be do they want to keep Zach Sanford uh, playing center? Uh, you know, what's the trade off there? Um, you know, and with the no- amount of time that right now that that you know fourth line is is getting, you're talking about you know nine or ten shifts a game that maybe you're better off moving Zach Sanford back into a higher up wing spot to take advantage of uh, as Jim is, you know, good Zach uh, right now and getting, getting more mileage out of that than what you, you know, what you're giving up by playing him at center. Yeah. I'll segue into that JT good Zach. It's uh, he's added to the list of good things that he's done after a very quiet uh, start to the season. Uh, filling in at center certainly has the physical ability to be of a value to defend down low, to, uh, to, to play the position. He's got a good feel for the game offensively. 
you know, and doesn't have to skate quite as much up and down the wing, but you got, you got a lot of responsibility there. And, you know, for one game, he didn't seem to get lost. No, no, he, he didn't. And, uh, uh, for whatever reason, it seemed to, uh, that combination seemed to perk up, uh, Sammy Blay a little bit. These last two games, I think are easily his, his best two games of the season. Uh, Craig Berube said, in fact, that the, uh, the second LA Kings game, uh, was easily his, his best of the season, but yeah, good Zach. You, you just never know when good Zach is going to leave. I mean, good Zach, you want him to stay at the party. You want him to tell jokes and, you know, get the beer bong out or whatever, but then all of a sudden bad, bad Zach shows up and it's, it's not good. Well, uh, you know, it's going to come down to who's, who's healthy and who's not, but Zach is, you know, and this is what's tantalizing for the blues and frustrating for the fan base and probably frustrating for the blues is that, you know, if, if you got good Zach 75, 80% of the time, okay, you can, you, that's something you can work with. And, you know, you still, you know, consistency, but they just keep to hope that the longer and lo- each time that good Zach shows up, that it's five games, eight games, 10 games before it goes away. And then last year that started to happen at the end of last year, you know, he, he was pretty consistently good the whole time, the second half of last season. So, you know, if, if it's, if, if, if the times in which he's not a great contributor are, you know, minimized. Um, yeah. But this tells us something, you know, he had those rough games and there was a clamor that he should be scratched and they couldn't scratch him because he didn't have people, but he turned his game around anyway. And so sometimes you wonder how many things are, are actually because of something that happened or they just happened anyway. Zach Sanford didn't get a healthy scratch. His game turned around. Had he sat out one game and did this, we would be, oh my goodness, how, you know, they should have done that long ago. Well, that chief, he can, uh, he can sure straighten players out. Yeah. Yeah. Correlation is not causation. We need to remember. And this is interesting, guys, because if you look at the the forward situation, we've talked about a lot of the guys filling in. There's been a tremendous responsibility on the uh, the high end guys who have not been injured lately. You know, O'Reilly and Shen and and, and Perron and, and and Mike Hoffman because they can't afford to have, to fall into a slump because you've got the all these other guys, Blaze, Sanford, that have been up and down, and guys from the A that are filling in and. With so many key guys missing, you know, they're just maybe we overlook how much responsibility falls on those who survive. I mean, they have got, absolutely cannot afford to have uh, guys go six games without a point um, that are in their, their top surviving forwards. You know, and for the most part, JT, the, the top guys, especially now with the power play going a bit, uh, have been able to produce. Yeah, the the uh, the old reliables ha, ha, have been reliable. I mean, uh, Perron's on a seven-game point streak. Shen's on a, a six-game point streak. I, I suggested we, since Perron's Mister Overtime, I suggested in print that we call. Uh, it hasn't quite caught on, I think, among the readership, but that Shen should be Mister San Jose. He scored in every game against San Jose. He scored at least one uh, one goal, and, and O'Reilly's been O'Reilly. And uh, it's been a godsend to have those guys, you know, pl- playing up to their, uh, uh, I guess, uh, reputations or their, their standard or whatever you want to call it. Hoffman's a guy, you know, he kind of lies in the weeds. A couple of games you don't notice him. And then all of a sudden he gets a chance and that shot, man, what, what, you know, what an amazing shot that that, that guy has. And, and uh, uh, I was uh, the, the setup at, at Staples Center we were like 20 rows up. It was just incredible to watch a hockey game that close to the action and, and just to see the intensity and, and, and the, the skill level, but to see 
the Blues, even with all these injuries, they sent out a line of Perron, Shen, and Hoffman. And to watch those three work, and I'm like, these are all three guys that are, what, 20, 25 goals? Hoffman's actually, what, he's had a couple 30-goal seasons. And even with all these injuries, they're able to throw a line like that out there. So it's pretty amazing to see. Of course, when the third and fourth lines got out, there was a little bit of a different story. But uh, there's still, again, I've always claimed that the Blues, maybe they don't have a superstar, but they have a lot of really good players. And even now, they have several really good players, and, and they're, they're helping a lot. Yeah, Hoffman's shot attempts have been down over the past couple of weeks. He's had a bunch of games with one or two or once no shot attempts when he's a, he's a volume shooter as we've discussed before. And so, you know, we had games where he's had six or seven and um, uh, he, he needs to get back uh, to doing that because uh, um, he's had what one goal and has passed about eight or nine games. So um, uh, more, more shot volume, I think needs to come out of Mike Hoffman right now. All right, switching uh, over to the, uh, to goaltending guys, uh, a rough patch for uh, Jordan Bennington, uh, highlighted by his uh, his implosion there in San Jose. An uh, opportunity for Billy Huso to play quite a bit on the West Coast trip. And now with, uh, you know, back-to-backs against Vegas, you're going to need both guys to, to play well. And I guess it's kind of a good news, bad news thing. And the good news is that Huso has proven that he can get this team points. Uh, but the bad news is now you want to get uh, Bennington to settle back in. Uh, he had a great stretch earlier when maybe he wasn't getting wins and the team wasn't playing great, but he was holding him in games. Well, now they need to get him back to where he was, JT. Yeah, they do. And I, I think he just, because he played, he had a heavy, heavy workload, uh, you know, for the first stretch of the season and, uh, until this trip, really. And I just think he looked a little tired. And, and he's not the biggest guy. He's, as uh, Devin uh, Dubnik points out, he's, what, 160 pounds. And uh, I just think he's a little tired, and this was maybe a good stretch to, to uh, just to rest him. Although Craig Berube never used the words rest, but he, he definitely was kind of leading us that way in his uh, comments. But, uh, yeah, it was Huso that uh, – Huso got three wins on the trip. And, uh, meanwhile, uh, uh, what the uh, – Bennington is like one, three, and one in his last uh, – uh, well, really his last six starts since he got the no decision in the uh, – the first San Jose game, but it'll, it'll be interesting to, to see what, uh, what we're getting here with Bennington, because you look at the other, and I, I mentioned this a little bit in, in kind of that look ahead uh, piece, because you look at the other goaltending of the other top three contenders, and those guys are all, <clears throat> those guys are all lights out. So uh, whether it's uh, by better defensive play or better goaltending, the, the, the blues are going to have to, if they're really serious <clears throat> about being a factor, down the stretch and in the playoffs, they're, they're going to have to have better defense and, and, and really better goaltending. Yeah, Bennington was among the league leaders in percentage of games started for his team. He was in the top three on that. The Blues were working him a lot. And by giving him that San Jose game off, with and now with this seemingly interminable three-day break between games, is it's like – Tom like wants hockey. He needs hockey. Or, or, or wait, wait, have a, we should have an Olympic tournament in this gap. It's so long. But that he'll get almost a week off if he if he were to play uh, tomorrow night because he, he played his last game on the sixth and tomorrow will be the twelfth so uh, the, so uh, that will be a good break for him almost a week off and the, the Blues have only played one game in that time and on the other side the Blues are going to see uh, it's a great story uh, Mark Andre Fleury was uh, a guy that everybody discussed possibly getting traded from Vegas. 
because of the Alex Petrangelo signing and all the cap issues that the Golden Knights had. Uh, uh, he loves it there. The owner loves him. And with Robin Leonard getting hurt, uh, Mark Andre's had to take over. And boy, he's played great. And now uh, Robin may be, may be back sooner than later now. He's been rehabbing an injury and looks prepared to, uh, to join the mix. But man, you talk about one of the better stories in the league, JT. This is uh, the flower still going. Yeah, and 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 I love them in that uh, those uh, shiny uh, gold helmets and the and the gold pads. It's quite a look for uh, uh, Mark Andre, and uh, yeah, and and he got uh, he got uh, nicked a little bit. Uh, I think gave up four four goals last night, and the Blues seem to have a decent amount of success uh, against him. It seems like more so than other teams, but yeah, he's been a great story. And again, Bennington won a cup. Uh, but you and who shows better? But you look over there and you see Mark Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard, and you're like, "Wow, look look at that uh, combo!" Now coming into town, though, uh, uh, no Petro, of course. So I guess the the video tribute they had planned, they, I would think they <laughs> maybe wait till he was actually on the ice <laughs> for it. And uh, what do you do with Mark Stone, I, I'm fellas? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Falk uh, fought him right after the Bozak thing. If I'm the Blues, I'm, I'm maybe even more upset about it than I was back then. Bozak hasn't played. January 26, a wise guy hit on an unsuspecting Bozak. Pretty sure, we're all pretty sure it's a, con- a concussion, and, and the poor guy hasn't played. He's had concussion issues. Do you do you wheel out Kyle Clifford again for this? Do you, do you, do you have to have a follow-up fight? That, that's my question. Yeah, I 19 games for Bozak. I think at that point, you know, that'll be the 20th game uh, on the Friday night. So yes, I, I think I think at first I was like, okay, you know, they did the fight right away. They got that taken care of. But uh, time has not healed this wound, and Mark Stone is still out there, and uh, and so I I would expect, and I doubt anyone will acknowledge this, but I would think there's a very good chance that uh, that something happens. Um, you know, on, on opening night of this series. And back on the topic of Marc-Andre Fleury, how many times has he been the story? I mean, he was, you know, the first year for <laughs> Vegas when they came out, you know, became this great team. He was the story there. Obviously, the stories in Pittsburgh, where he's, he's a continual story everywhere. Every few years, it's back with Marc-Andre Fleury. It's, uh, he's, it's, it's almost like David Perron, who keeps, hey, there's a, there's a David Perron, you know, revival coming along. But it's, you know, but look, he's a great guy. Everybody loves Mark Andre. I mean, yeah, he, he um, smiles. He gives good sound bites and he stops yeah. pucks. Yeah. He's not quite Roberto Luongo when it comes to Twitter, uh, Tom. But no, uh, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll look at that. That was the darndest thing I got. I got to say, Jeff, I, I'm, I'm sure we're, we're, we're almost ready to go. Seeing Curtis Gabriel at the San Jose morning skate practicing on the middle of the ice with a teammate fighting. They had their gloves off and okay, you grab the Jersey here and throw a punch. I wonder if we'll see, maybe we'll get a tip uh, from Kyle Clifford. We'll see him out practicing his fight moves uh, either today or, or tomorrow. And we'll know he's getting ready. He's getting ready for Mr. Stone. Yeah. All right. Last topic on the net front. Um, you know, I'm an old school hockey guy. I, uh, and I, and I appreciate the old game. We covered the Chuck Norris division, I, you know, and I, and I, I feel guilty about it because a lot of guys paid a terrible price for playing the game that way, including a, a really good guy, Todd Ewan, just a great guy. And so, yeah, I mean, I know we don't have to do that stuff anymore, but though I, I don't mind it except one thing. If, you, if you're going to have a, why bring in some guy nobody ever heard of and have that guy 
strutting around like a rooster, like he's defending the honor of like Devin Duke. I mean, I mean, for God's sakes, really? That was his quote. Yeah. As long as I'm around here, they're going to respect the uh, San Jose Sharks. It was only his fourth game of the season. It's not like he's, uh, you know, uh, 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 Brett Burns or something, you know, or Marlowe. My gosh. Yeah. 41 games known, I guess, mainly for his, that hallway fight with, uh, with Vince Dunn back in the AHL. Mm-hmm. You know, Kyle Clifford with three fights this year. I mean, he's, this is as bona fide. you know, you have to go back to Pat Maroon was the last time the blues had someone, uh, you know, like this last year was not a big fight year for them. Um, so, I mean, Kyle Clifford, I think has the qualifications uh, to do this, but who knows if someone else gets more aggravated, but also you can have Kyle Clifford fight because he's only going to play nine minutes a game. And so if he spends five in the box, it's, it's less of a, uh, less of an issue. You'd hate to have a five minute power play. So you got to pick your spot on that, but, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see. Well, I'm, I'm glad the kid did take some boxing lessons. Cause I guess the, after the way the Dunn fight ended in the hallway. So <laughs> did you like the fight with uh, Clifford? That was by modern standards. I mean, there were, there were some punches thrown. I think there were more punches thrown in that fight than shots in that first period. It was a pretty dull first. Did you like uh, it, Jeff? Come on, old school. Did I, old? I did, but you know, again, you know, we, we're, we need to we need to cling on to these last gasp of that type of hockey because I, I don't know. I mean, you know, Brubay and, and Bob Bogner, you know, they, they played the game a certain way. So we're going to see it. But five years from now, will we see any of that? I, I don't know. I, I don't know, guys. Uh, we got to wrap it up here on the net front. So we appreciate uh, JT and Tom coming aboard. A reminder that you can find all of our podcasts on stltoday.com slash podcast. Got a lot of cool stuff going on. Billikens beat. We got... You know, if you want to, you got, you like Missouri sports, you like baseball, all the cool things on stltoday.com. Uh, please subscribe digitally and in print. And until next time, for Jim Thomas, for Tom Timmerman, I'm Jeff Gordon. See you. <laughs>